Hi, welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Prince-Will, and I am really excited about tonight, uh, mainly because it is not what I thought I was going to talk about once again. If you listened to the last episode, I told you that we would probably or maybe be doing a series or starting a series on 1 Corinthians 13, and I... I honestly, when I said it, I kind of thought it probably wouldn't happen. Uh, I figured that God would move me in a different direction. So that um, series may still happen. I am not even going to pretend like it might happen next week or in six months from now. But just hold on if that's what you're waiting for. at least I've got your attention. <laughs> I don't know when it's coming, but it it, it it might not ever come, but it might. So tonight, we're not talking about 1 Corinthians 13. We are talking about faith. Um, if you saw the title before you clicked on it, Unshakable Faith. Um, steadfast Faith. Faith that is grounded in the truth of, of God's Word and the truth of who He is. Um, I have, I, I've had, I, I had a couple of moments in the last week that just reminded me about my faith. Um, I've, in everything that's happening in the world around us, um, with, you know, the election, um, with just just all of it, all of it. I feel like there's, there's so much, um, there's so much faith that is being, uh, so, so many hearts that the, their faith is being tested and their faith is being shaken. And some it's even faltering a little bit because we're, we, it's, I feel like all that is happening right now is really just revealing where our faith truly lies and what our faith is, is, you know, what we've grounded our faith in. And I feel like there have been so many who maybe didn't even realize that their faith was, was their, um, their faith was grounded in a person or, um, a a party or, uh, you know, just different things in a, in an ideal or a belief or, um, not necessarily a belief in God, but a, um, uh, a this is how it should be type belief. Um, and, and our, our faith, I'm seeing where our faith, it, 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 we're in desperate need of re reaffirming and re solidifying our faith going back. You know, when, when you build a house and the foundation is, is, is firm and the found, you know, it's solid that the house is built on top of that foundation and, and it's, it's crack free. There's, it's just smooth foundation, but as the seasons change and as the, the cold and the, the heat affect that house, the foundation can begin to crack and to, it needs to be sealed back up. It needs to be re re-solidified it needs we need to go back in and see where our faith was 
where our foundation was maybe not quite as secure and, and strong as we thought. And we go into those cracks and we say, okay, I see, I see what's missing here. I see, I see where, where, I, where I was a little bit off. I see where I was putting more trust in this than I should have been putting that trust where I should have been putting that trust in God. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back into this crack right here and, and I'm going to fix my foundation. And I feel like that's what we need to do right now. We need to fix our foundation. We need to fix our faith. We need to have unshakable faith so that when the, t- the trials and the tests come, because they will, they will come. And I, b- I firmly believe I am not, I'm not, uh, trying to be, um, uh, prophetic or, and if it is prophetic, I'm, I, I, I desire, the Bible says for us to desire the gift of prophecy. And if it is prophetic, prophetic, then it is prophetic, but I'm not trying to be weird or, um, or say things, but I personally, I believe that the testing of our faith has not even begun yet. I believe that we are walking into a season as children of God that our faith is about to be tested. And that is what I feel like is so important that we solidify and re-establish our foundation and our faith right now in this moment. Because when those tests come, it is going to be the foundation of our faith that we are standing on that is going to get us through into the presence of God and into eternal life with Him. So I want to talk about faith tonight. I want to talk about um, about where what it is and what it looks like and how to increase our faith. Uh, this 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 thought and this this uh, this path that I'm on right now, thinking about faith. It it like I said, I had a couple of moments in the last week and um, that really made me step back and look. And one of them, like I've told you before, you'll, you'll hear bits and pieces of my story as we go. Um, and I know that I've mentioned it maybe in one of the earlier episodes, but, um, in 2018, I was told that I would never have children. Um, I had for the last, for the four or five years prior to that, I had my, um, my monthly cycles had slowed down. Um, I, I might have a a period every two months. Um, and then it started getting farther and farther apart. Um, and we're in month 11 and I think I've had two this year so far. Um, but that, that's just my, my body had just begun to change and and when I went to the doctor in 2018, uh, my doctor told me that based on my hormone levels and all of the different things that they tested, I was actually uh, in heading into menopause. That my body, I, there was no way to tell how, many, how much longer I had, but that it really wasn't that much longer. That within the next four or five years, I probably, it could be 10 years, but it could be four years or it could be a year, but eventually really much sooner than it should, I would be in menopause. And so because of that, we were, we, you know, we were, we were trying to have children. We were wanting to have children. And because my monthly cycles were so sporadic, I, you know, most, most women in their childbearing age will have that, you know, I'm, I'm late 
that, that moment of I'm late, I need to take a test and I need to see if I'm pregnant. I don't have that um, because I can go months and months and months and months of being late, you know, and, and because my hormones are so sporadic and up and down and crazy and just off, I have, I have a lot of symptoms that if I was anyone else, I probably would assume I was pregnant. I have a lot of days that I wake up nauseated. Um, I have days that I'm dizzy. I have days that I have uh, migraines that are hormones, the hormone hormonally charged migraines, and um, I I'm, I always have to pee, um, and that's just the the menopausal symptoms of what I'm you know what I'm going through, and so not having those monthly cycles, I never knew. I, I never know. Uh, I could always be pregnant, and I I was on my way home the other day and I have I've, I've taken I don't I, I wish I actually posted I have a a, um, a a Facebook group a private Facebook group for um, a miscarriage and infertility support and I posted in that the other day and I said I, I wish I had counted kept count of how many pregnancy tests I'd taken through the years because it would be I'm sure that I would be embarrassed that I had taken that many pregnancy tests um, and I've always felt silly. Um, you know, I order those, the 40 plus packs of test strips on Amazon and I, I've bought more of those dollar tests from Walmart in the dollar store than I can, than I can even count. Um, and we have, uh, the sal- dirt cheap salvage store here. And one day I went in there and they had a whole buggy full of a pregnancy tests and different, um, feminine products and I cleaned it out and bought every pregnancy test they had because they were like the digital ones and the good ones that were you know normally ten twelve dollars and they were a dollar and so I bought all of them and and I felt so silly and every time I take a test I feel so silly and I, you know I, I honestly I take a test at least once a week and every single time I feel silly I feel embarrassed I want to I just I feel like if anybody knew how many times I took a test, it would, they would laugh at me and they would think I was stupid. Um, and when I take the test and it's negative and I, I push it in the bottom of the trash can because I, I don't want, I don't want my husband to know that I'm, that I'm, I'm taking pregnancy tests. I don't, if somebody comes over, I don't want them to see the, the, the countless pregnancy test strips that are in the, to- in the bottom of the trash can that, that are negative. You know, I, I just felt so embarrassed. And I was on my way home from the store the other day and I was thinking, I'm going to take a pregnancy test when I get home, and I had that moment of, of embarrassment. And all of a sudden, it was like I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, Honey, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Every single test you take is faith. You're not taking these tests because you're silly. You're taking these tests because the world told you it was impossible, but your faith in the Word of God, you are so, so confident, fully confident that the Word of God is true. You have faith that when God said, with man it is impossible, but with me nothing is impossible, your faith is telling you, I know it's impossible to man, and I know that it's unlikely, 
And I know that I really don't have anything that tells me that's giving me signs that say it could be positive. But I'm still going to test. Because I have faith. Then I'm going to look down one day and there's going to be two little lines. And I thought back as I thought over, you know, just kind of went back over that in my heart and my mind. And I realized that had I not been testing as consistently as I have over the last few years, I would never have known that I was pregnant. I would have never known that I was carrying a child because I didn't have missed periods. I didn't have, there was, there would have been nothing out of order, out of the ordinary. And when I miscarried, the night that I miscarried, that I thought, I, I'm sure that in that moment, I would have thought I was dying because the pain was so horrific and the amount of blood loss was, it, it looked like a murder scene. It, it, was in, it, was, it was horrific. And I'm sure I would have thought I was dying. And I, in my post, I, I, I joked, I mean, in knowing me and because I know me so well, I probably would have just waited it out and been like, well, I'm going to die. I'm dying. So I probably wouldn't have gone to the hospital if I, you know, if I had gone, they would have tested me and they would have said, oh, you're having a miscarriage. And then I would have known, but me, I probably wouldn't have gone to the emergency room because I wouldn't have wanted to pay the deductible to go to the emergency rooms. I'd have just been like, okay, this is it. I'm going to heaven. I'll just, if this, if I die, I die. (laughs) I just know me so well that I know I wouldn't have done it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't know that in this moment, there's a, there, we have a, we have a baby that's waiting for us in heaven. I wouldn't know that if I hadn't had faith. If I had just said, well, the world says it's impossible, and I know that since the world said it's impossible, everybody's going to think I'm stupid if I test, so I'm just not going to test. I would have never known. And so now, in that moment, my faith increased even more that every time I feel the need to, to see, every time I feel the need to take a step of faith, I'm not going to say, no, Megan, you tested last week and it was negative. I'm going to say, no, you know what? I have faith and I'm going to see a positive result. I am going to see that I am, that I'm pregnant. I'm going to see it and it may not be today, but it will happen. And so I will continue to test because I will continue to have faith. So I had that moment and then I had a conversation with a stranger, someone I had posted something on Facebook and somebody that I didn't know had seen it because someone else shared it and so this person commented we had mutual friends and this person commented on my post and I actually deleted the post because it was about to cause issues and I knew that this person was really just trying to cause an argument and I don't do that Uh, I've told you before I'm a peacemaker I'm a peace seeker if there's an argument being done being had it's not happening I'm going to get my, I'm a, I'm, if it doesn't have to happen, it ain't happening. And so I, I removed the post because I, I felt like it had been a, a few days and I felt like everybody that needed to see it, it had been seen and now it had reached a point where it's no longer necessary. So I took it down, but I sent this person a private message and it turned out that this person was an atheist and um, was adamant that I needed to study 
um, the the scientific evidence against God so that I would know what it was I believed in. And as I went back and forth with him, I was like, you know, my husband, he was like, nah, nah, just don't, he, he's, he's, no, he's just trying to be an, he's just trying to argue. Don't even, don't even answer back. And I was like, no, I, I want, I want to talk about my faith because he, he said, don't you want to know that if you, that what you believe or if, if what you believe is, is true. And I said, I don't, I don't, I don't need scientific evidence. I don't need somebody to tell me. I've experienced it for myself and my faith is secure. That's what, that, that's, that's the, that's the point. It, it, it doesn't make sense to the world, but I've experienced him for myself. So I don't need proof. I don't need any more evidence that you could give. I have my own evidence. I don't need I'm not searching for any proof. I have everything I need. I'm fully secure in my faith in who God is and who He is to me and that He is the one true God. He is the eternal Father and He is the Savior of my soul. So I had these these things going on in my mind and I wanted to talk to you about faith tonight. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm... I'm not going to read the whole verse, I mean the whole chapter, but it's the faith chapter. It, you know, it, it's been preached a, a million times, but the first verse, and uh, I'm reading the, uh, the, the Living Bible translation. The first verse says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. It is, in in another verse, it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It is holding on when it doesn't make sense. It is faith that the God who promised eternal life to us, the God who promised that he would, that he would, his blood, the blood of Jesus would forgive our sins if we asked. The blood of Jesus would make us whole. The God, that it, it's the faith in that, that I can't see the blood as it covers my sin, but I know that I know that I know I am forgiven. This verse, I mean, this chapter goes on to talk about all of the men of, and women of faith in the Bible and the things that they did. But then in verse 13, it says, These men of faith that I have mentioned died without ever receiving all that God had promised them. But they saw it all awaiting them ahead, and they were glad, for they agreed that this earth was not their real home, but that they were strangers visiting down here. And then in verse 15, if they had wanted to, they could have gone back to the things of this world, but they didn't want to. They were living for heaven, and now God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made a heavenly city for them. I love this because it says, they could have gone back. They were given this promise. They were, they, they, they were told that God was doing something. They were told that there was heaven awaiting them. They were told that if, if, you, if, you, if you give it all to Him, if you trust Him, if you surrender, if you live for Him, heaven awaits you. And they didn't, they, they, 
you know, there was the promise of the Messiah. For some of them, they had had that, that prophetic word of the Messiah was coming. And, and even into the New Testament, the, the, uh, the Jews just were waiting for that promise. But they were waiting for this promise of heaven and they, they didn't see heaven on earth. They didn't see it. But they, they knew, they just, they didn't, they, nothing in the world was, a, was, was sufficient enough because they had experienced God for themselves and they knew that nothing in this world could satisfy and they did not go back. They did not turn their back. Um, faith, when you look at this and what I, what I feel and what I see when I read this is that faith holds on when everything else falls apart. Faith doesn't look back. Faith doesn't turn back when the grass is greener on the world's side of the fence. Faith doesn't turn back when the nights are lonely. Faith doesn't turn back when everything is glittering and looks like gold. Faith doesn't give in. Faith doesn't reach back for that sin that God called us out of. Faith says, no, I believe that God has shown me that this is not what he wants for me and I'm letting it go. And I have faith that God is better and more sufficient to meet the needs and the desires of my heart than anything in this world. Faith is living for heaven. It is staying in the faith. It is believing that whatever drew you to God in the very beginning is still worth it today. Whatever that moment was when you said, I need, I need this Savior. I need Jesus. Whether you were sitting in a service or somebody met you in a moment of weakness and they, they showed the love of God to you. Or maybe you grew up in it and you've never known anything but Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you, um, you've had a friend who, who was just consistent with their, their, um, their, mess, their message of the truth of God. And you finally said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm, I'm gonna, let me just see. That moment, whatever it was, is still enough. Whatever it was that told you, that whatever it was about a sin that you laid down, a former way of living that you laid down, whatever it was in that moment that you said, okay, you know what? This is not the best thing for me. This is not what God wants for me. This is not how he's called me to live my life. I'm laying it down. Whatever it was that pushed you and, and was faith rising up that said God has something better and you laid something down, don't pick it back up because that moment, whatever that was, that, that seed of faith that was beginning to blossom in that moment is still worth it. It's still worth it. It's continuing on. Faith is continuing to turn your back on the world, to not allow your flesh to crave the things of the world and to give in to those cravings. Faith says no. My God said in his word that he would provide a way of escape for every temptation that I come up against. He would provide a way, provide a way of escape. He is faithful and just. He will provide a way out. So in this moment, I'm not giving in and I'm not going to give in to this temptation. I'm not going to go back to the former way of living. I am going to look around and I'm going to find my way out. I'm going to find the, t- the way out of this temptation that he promised me. 
That is what faith, it holds on to the word of God. Faith is not giving up on the promises that God has given you. Faith is not giving up. Faith is holding on no matter what. And I want to read a few more scriptures because I feel like as I was writing this, I felt like there would be a moment when someone was saying, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, but I don't have any promises from God. God hasn't given me anything specific. God hasn't, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm holding on to. You know, I, God, I, everybody said, if you do this, you know, if, if you, if you, sur- if I, if I surrender my life to God, then, then he'll bring me this. If I, if I just keep trusting him, he'll, he'll, he'll give me that baby. If I just tr- keep trusting him, he'll, um, he'll give me that job that I'm, that I've desired. If, if, if I just keep trusting him, uh, he'll restore my family. If I just keep trusting him, he'll he'll bring me a spouse. If I just keep trusting him, everybody keeps saying that, but my faith that I, I don't I don't have I don't know what I'm standing on. I don't I don't know. I, it, there, it looks like if if maybe maybe my standards are too high. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe my standards are too high. Maybe I'm wanting something that is it, it's just it's it's just it's it's too lofty. And so I, I, I want to encourage you. First of all, don't give in. Don't give up. You do have promises. You do have a promise from God. You do have promises. And one way to increase your faith, if you're struggling, one way to increase your faith, if you're, if you're feeling like you don't have promises, is to read the Word of God. Read it. Let it get in you. Let the promises in, in the Word of God become your natural response to doubt. There are so many scriptures that I know that I had, that it, thankfully, you know, in my childhood growing up in church, I had so many opportunities um, in, uh, in uh, just Wednesday night programs and before I was in youth and even in Sunday school, just having moments where I had to memorize the Word of God. And, and I memorized them a lot of times because there was going to be a piece of candy or a, a, a prize the next week if I had memorized my scripture verse. But thank you, Jesus, that somebody said, you know what? Let's give these kids a piece of candy because the word of God is eternal and the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word of God can go deep into their heart. The word of God is the light to their path. The Word of God is the truth. It is the truth. And if, if, if giving them a piece of candy will get it in them, then let's give them candy. And I ate plenty of pieces of candy for memorizing the Bible. And now, I mean, there are, honestly, I can tell you, there, I, I can quote you scriptures in any situation. I might not know exactly where it's found because... I'm, I'm not good with names and numbers. I used to know them all, but I know the Word of God. And I know there are moments in my, in my life, in situations that I come up against that the first thing I think is the Word of God. And that becomes my immediate, natural response to doubt. When I think, am I ever gonna have a baby? It doesn't look like it. 
I've only had two periods this year. They're getting few and far between. They're, they're you know, they're, 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 it's getting less and less and less. And, 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 but by faith, Sarah believed what God had spoken to her, that even when she was barren, when her womb was too old, God answered and came through on the promise and she gave birth to Isaac who became the father of many nations. The seed that gave birth to children beyond the number of the sand on the, on the seashore. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in God. Seek him first. Seek the kingdom of God first and all these things will be added unto you. Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Lean not into your own understanding. Lean not into your own understanding of what man said is impossible. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I am certain that my God will answer. I am faith-filled that he will keep his word. And when, I, when I'm in that moment of doubt, the word of God is what brings me through. It increases my faith. Second Timothy 3, it actually says, um, in, four, in three, four, chapter 3, verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with sacred things which are able to make you wise through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That is what the Word of God does. It makes us complete. And it equips us for everything that God has called us to do. Another way to increase your faith is to keep track of the promises and the answered prayers. If you have a specific promise from God, write it down. If you have things that you are praying for, write them down. And as God answers them, make note of it and build yourself up in that. If you can't think of any answered prayer, you're listening to this right now. You're alive right now. And you might not have prayed, God, let me live through the day. But there is probably someone who prayed for your safety today. You may not know that when you were driving down the interstate, there was a car coming up behind you. The person was on their phone. They were speeding. And right in the last moment before there was an accident, God stopped them. God told them to look up. God moved their head and made them look up or made you get into a different lane without even realizing it. You just got over. That was an answered prayer. 
God answers prayers on the daily. I can promise you that. But keep track of those. Another thing to do is ask Him. Ask Him for a promise. Ask Him for something. Ask him, ask him to give you a promise you can stand on. It might be something that he speaks, that the Holy Spirit speaks into your, into your spirit. But then it might just be a verse. And the more that you study the Word of God, the more that you will find those verses that are something you can stand on. Um, worship. Another way to build your faith is to worship worship him. I am going to say it every time I get a chance, worship. Because when we worship, when we focus our hearts and minds on him, when we focus on God, everything in this world dims in comparison to who he is. All the things that you feel like in the moment of, of, of your stressful day that feel like they are too big, when you begin to focus on the, the big God, when you begin to focus on who he is, you realize that none of those things that you thought were so big and so powerful and strong and, and, and um, just too much for you to get through, all of those impossibilities, when you focus on the God of impossibilities, those things begin to, to just dim. They're not as big of a deal anymore. When you focus on Him, your atmosphere, the atmosphere of your life changes. When you worship, the atmosphere of your life changes. The perspective that your heart and mind see through is shifted to where you have the perspective and the vision of God. When you worship Him, when you spend time in His presence. And then the last thing, endure. Endure. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When you walk through hell, worship Him. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you, that you are the one who will get me through this. Thank you that you are walking in this fire with me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped down into that fire in faith. I don't believe for a second that they were fearful when they were thrown into the fire. I believe that they looked at the fire and they said, you know what? We have faith in our God that if we, if we die, if we perish in here, we're going to heaven. We're going to be face to face with our eternal Father. But... Let's see what happens. And when they stepped into the fire and the king looked and said, wait a minute, we only threw three men in that fire. But I see, I see, a, second, uh, I see a fourth man. I see a fourth man that is, is likened to the, to, to the Son of God or likened to uh, uh, the image of God. What is this? There was a fourth man in their fire. So when you go through hell, know, increase your faith, endure. Say, thank you, Jesus, that you are in this fire with me. You are in it with me. Because when you come out of that, when you come out of that, I can tell you, I've been through hell. I've been, I've been given the diagnosis of impossibility. 
But I saw two pink lines show up on a pregnancy test. I saw the word pop up that was proof that there was life inside of me. And though I didn't give birth, though I didn't get to see my baby on earth, God proved himself to be the God of impossible because they didn't say, they didn't say that you might get pregnant, but you'll probably not be able to carry it. They said, you will not get pregnant. But I did. And so when I feel overwhelmed with doubt, when I feel overwhelmed with heartache, I remember that my God did the impossible one time. I know that he will do it again. Endure. Endure. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, and the last verse I want to read. It says, well, I'm sorry. I had it pulled up and it it went away. Okay, there it is. Verse 10, 10, chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. There's another verse that talks about even when we're faithless, he is still faithful. You serve a faithful God. You serve a faithful God. So you have no reason to have faith in him. Increase your faith. Have steadfast, unwavering faith. I definitely went longer than I normally do, but I I believe that I believe that God was speaking and it is what it is. So hopefully you stayed tuned in to this entire episode and um, I don't know, like I said, I'm not even going to pretend like I know what we're talking about next week or, um, or in the next episode. Um, I, I, we, we may continue on here. We may go a little bit deeper into faith because uh, there was a lot that I said that I did not have written on this piece of paper. Um, and a lot I had written on this piece of paper that I didn't say. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where we're going with that, but either way, I, um, I just, I want you to know he is faithful. He is faithful. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you've been through, he is faithful and you can trust him. You can trust him. God bless you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Wherever it is. Why do I just feel like I was on the Truman Show. (laughs) Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Um, But either way, wherever it is, whenever it is, God bless you. Thank you. And in case you haven't heard it today, you are loved.